by the late second quarter, the Warriors looked defeated. Slump shoulders, bad body language. I couldn't believe it. I kept waiting for the run, the patented Golden State run. They were going to turn it on, flip this bitch, but not much was working. Jordan Poole was awful for the first 40 minutes. Clay was awful for the last 40 minutes. Only one guy outside of Steph showed up and put more than double digits in the box score. They didn't go out with a bang. They got put to sleep by the Lakers. This was a beatdown. Facts, man. And if it wasn't the turnovers, it was the foul troubles. I believe the Lakers had 21 free throws in the first half, something to that effect. I mean, they, they were bad. They turned the ball over. And on top of that, they didn't convert their shots. I mean, they finished the first half 17 for 51. I don't care how good you play in the second half. It's really hard to come back from that. I think this is probably the first time in like maybe like the last three years that I've genuinely seen the Golden State Warriors held to less than 50 points in the first half. Yeah. Held. You know, the defense was there. The pressure was on. And, you know, you could see the writing on the wall for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, like like I said, we're always waiting because we've seen it so many times that end the second quarter, how they close it, the third quarter, how they come out the locker room. But, man, this team has sucked all regular season on the road. That carried into the playoffs. Got to give them the flowers, though. Throughout LeBron's career, there's always been this talk about how the, their third star on these super teams gets marginalized. Well, that's 100% true. We saw it with Chris Bosh. We've seen it with Kevin Love. But when LeBron is running the ship, he doesn't defer to a third star just because of their resume. He rides with the hot hand. And, and that's why it could be Hachibora one night, D'Angelo Russell the next. Man, sometimes they'll even stop going to AD for halves at a time because he doesn't have the right matchup. He's the king of hunting the mismatch. He'll defer to you if you got the hot hand. And, and we see it a lot with Austin Reeves, man. And <laughs> LeBron is one of those guys, if he don't respect you, if he don't respect your game, if he doesn't trust you on the floor, he's not going to dish you the rock. And it doesn't mean you have to be an all-NBA player for you to get LeBron's respect. You got to hustle every time down the floor. You got to be consistent. You got to make the big shots, man. And Austin Reeves has been doing that. He's been arguably that third star for this Los Angeles Lakers team. I know I'm sounding crazy here, but anybody seen the last couple games from AR-15, they know what I'm talking about. Facts. All right, man. Coming off a six-game series, going into high altitude in Denver, trying to play LeBron and AD another 40 minutes a night. Sounds like a 1-0 lead for the Nuggets, in my opinion. But it's, it's funny that Golden State series mirrored that Memphis series exactly. LA wins game one on the road, and then 3-4-6 at home and they get it done. And I think that's LA's best chance to get themselves to the final. That's their path. Go undefeated at home and just win one in Denver. I mean, that's all they need to do. You said it great, Tyler. And I'll tell you what, with the performance that they had against the Golden State Warriors, this Lakers bench, all of these other key guys in the team that, you know, not named LeBron, not named Anthony Davis, I've gotten a certain kind of confidence boost, right? You know, they know that what they can do. We saw Lonnie Walker last night drop 13 points yeah. in 14 minutes or vice versa, right? So we know he's going to have the help. We don't have to play that LeBron and Anthony Davis for 40 minutes a game. Denver Nuggets are the most dominant team in the Western Conference, maybe the entire league right now. Word. And, and this, this is a Lakers team that's caught a lot of breaks since the trade deadline. We're going to talk about that later in, in the second half more in depth. But Denver winning this series is not one of those breaks. <laughs> if you asked LA, you went in that locker room and asked those guys, I think they would have 100% preferred to face the Suns. You got Chris Paul injured. Their bench is non-existence. Their defense is atrocious. And it's a short flight from Phoenix to LA without the Denver altitude. Not to mention AD wouldn't have to deal with Jokic spending 85% of his energy, which he's going to be trying to stop that guy on the low block, man. They're about to be at war. This is going to be such a good series. 
AD Jokic. You got LeBron versus they got some they got some wings. They have a plan. Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, they're gonna try to throw at Braun. And then all those quote unquote third stars that shuffle in and out, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell. We'll see if Lonnie Walker can get going again. Rui Hachimura. It's it's gonna be a battle. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you. I mean, the keys here to the Lakers having a good performance are the guys that you just mentioned. And the key for the Nuggets is to just continue being the team that they are. They don't need to do nothing out of the ordinary. You still have productive games from Jokic and Jamal Murray. And let the rest of the crew, the crew fill in. You know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Bruce Brown has been such a great acquisition for this Nuggets team. I mean, the guy has just been playing out of his sneakers. You know, if they can keep this up. I mean, this Nuggets team has got a championship trial, right? Like a championship run, at least in their near future. So, Facts. All right, bro, let's get into it. Optimistic Knicks fan here. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to let you talk about the Heat. I want to talk about the Knicks. <laughs> what a season. 47 wins, eighth best record in the league. The magic carpet ride that has been this playoffs has just come to an end. I mean, is there more they could have done to win the series? Yes. Are there changes that need to be made in this offseason? Absolutely. But a lot has, like the Lakers, gone right for this team. And I, I want to talk about the two biggest parts in that. Number one, Jalen Brunson. He was outstanding last night, guys. Come on, bro. Are you serious, Jalen? Really the entire year he's been outstanding. The Knicks have finally found their guy. This is Jalen Brunson's team. And he actually looks like a guy you can build around. Facts. Like the number one. No one came for the ride last night. And (laughs) Jalen Brunson damn near dragged this team all the way back. And when I say drag, I mean drag. There were some lifeless bodies on that court last night. Randall three for 14, RJ one for 10. Those were his next highest scorers doing that. Yet the smallest guy on the court, six foot nothing, with all the heart in the world, was out there dropping 40. He left his heart on that floor, bro. He almost pulled his team back. He had them within two points with two minutes remaining. I don't understand how he did it still. They were loading, not even garden shooters out there. If just one other Nick showed up, Brunson might have pulled this off. Dude, and if Julius Randle showed up for three more seconds, Brunson might have pulled this off. I mean, that last pass at the end of the game, such a lazy cut. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a bit of a panic pass. But if Julius Randle had a little bit more effort, a little bit more heart, he's making that cut. That's yeah. an easy two. He's an all-NBA player, right? And I mean, honestly, I know you're going to allude to it, and I don't want to steal your shine, man, but something about Julius Randle, man. This guy, it's hard to say what I'm about to say, especially he's an all-NBA guy, but he has got to go. He's got to go. You know, I'm with you. I'm with you there. We're going to have a whole offseason to get into it. <laughs> and trust me, we will. Uh, I'm going I'm to still try to keep it optimistic. Um, back to Jalen Brunson, just being that guy that you can build around, which makes Julius Randle possibly expendable. Brunson's a star, dog. And the best kind. The star still on the rise. 26 years young. The kind that could set his ego aside a la Tim Duncan, the kind that outgrew role player status, coachable, securing who he is, giving effort on both ends. Not Amari, whose body was falling apart. Not Melo, who didn't always want to play defense. The star that sets the culture. He was playing the perfect game, and you alluded to it. I hate that it's going to be remembered like this, but he turns the ball over at the worst time. And, man, it can't take away from how phenomenal he's been. Oh, there's, there's no way about There's no way that you can take the, anything away from Jalen Brunson. He was brought in to be the two guy to Julius Randle's one, you know, and he's been able, like you said, to make this his team. He carried the team. When Julius Randle wasn't performing well, 
he was always there consistently. He never gave up. And again, I don't necessarily blame throwing the ball away at the end of the game on him. I mean, he didn't have any support. He's getting doubled and triple team. And again, rush decision, but the man left it all on the floor. No one can complain about the game and the performance that he put out last night. And I mean, if the, if anyone else from the Knicks had came to fight, it'd be a different series. We might be talking about game seven. Um, I don't want to cut off the Knicks part, but any more, any more thoughts on the Knicks before we get into the heat? Yeah, the other big positive this season, right? Because this just got me in a retrospective mood. I know they're going to Cancun now. You know what I'm saying? The other positive. <laughs> the I know, yeah, <laughs> in fact. I, I know he dealt with foul trouble. He really struggled in game six. But this has been all you could have ever hoped for to see from RJ in the postseason, bro. It's almost like RJ and Julius switched bodies for the playoffs. RJ was the guy at times looking like an all-star, an all-NBA second-teamer. While Randall put six... Yes, just six quarters of good basketball through 10 playoff games. We're talking about 23 points per game from a 22-year-old if you take away that game six performance from R.J. Barrett against Miami, the best defense in the playoffs at this point. Yeah. I'm very encouraged by what he did and by the fact that it ended the way it did because it's motivation. You know what I'm saying? To go out like that, you played like crap. If you could have, you said Julius Randle, if you played better, if R.J. played better too, Fine. this is going to game seven at the Garden. And he felt that. He acknowledged he played like crap. Nothing like a summer with the fire in your belly to help you take that next step. Yeah, that well said. And again, we can't knock the Knicks at all. I mean, this season, they outperformed. They outshined. Nobody expected them to get as far as they did. So hats off to the Knicks. And like you said, there's so many great building points. You now know what your future holds. You now know Jalen Brunson right now is your key guy. You know, and, and, and the future is bright. You compare him with R.J. Barrett, which is a very, very good fit. Maybe get something for a couple guys. The Knicks' future is bright, man, and it all starts with J.B. And I ain't talking about Justin Bieber. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well said, man. This Heat team is tough. They're going to be a problem. Philly, Boston, whoever wants that smoke, <laughs> you, y'all going to get it. For sure, for sure. And I'll tell you what. And I'm talking to my boy last night. We were watching the game, man. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, these guys are kind of the the gear that keeps the team going. Like yeah. these guys that you've never heard of for a long time. I'm like, why are guys like this starting, right? And if you watch the game, you know. It doesn't necessarily always show up on the stat sheet, but they're taking picks. The hustle plays. The, they're such selfish or selfless team players, right? And it makes sense as to why Spolstra's got them plugged in with Bam Adebayo, Caleb, and Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Three guys who could arguably be in the Hoff, the HOF, so. Word. All right, keep it locked. We got a great second half for y'all. Thoughts on game five, how the Lakers got in this position, and more. It's the plug. Welcome back in a playoff full of surprises. And don't get it twisted. That's what it has been. We got eight seeds out here looking like one seed. Historic performances from NBA greats. The biggest surprise, though, after all that, to me at least, has been the way the Lakers managed to turn their season around. So that's where we're getting started. I am your but before that, how you doing, my brother, my dog, my co-host, Faraz? You already know, man. Feeling good. Another day to hoop plug. Can't wait to get on wax for y'all, man. How you doing, my brother, my dog, my co-host? How you feeling today, bro? I'm feeling good, man. Can't wait to jump into this and jump into it. Let's do it. All right, bro. Maybe we should have been concerned a little bit, at least, about these Warriors. Maybe, just maybe, the fact they needed a meet the titan speech from Steph and a transcendent <laughs> 50-point performance just to win in the first round should have been a sign. I mean, look at it. Game four, season on the line. First round. 
They're melting down the stretch, calling timeouts they don't have, giving Harrison Barnes the opportunity to throw a knockout punch. Maybe we should have seen these signs. You said it, man. And it looks like everybody except for Steph Curry and Gary Payton Jr. forgot that they had a basketball game last night, man. Because <laughs> for the most part, I mean, Andrew Wiggins did his thing. We can't complain too, too much. But he didn't have his best performance. Nonetheless, man, just a poor performance overall. I mean, Clay Thompson wasn't there when the squad really needed him the mm-hmm. most. And he had nine points. You get his regular 20. That's a different ball game altogether. Now, the Lakers are going back home. We know this is a great team at home. This is a weak Warriors team on the road. We knew or thought that they were undefeatable or unbeatable at home. And it just shows that, like you said, this is not the same Warriors team that we're dealing with as it was in the championship run last year. Yeah, man. A couple of things that are catching my eye. One, they foul a lot. They're undisciplined. They're really small out there, low key, especially when they <laughs> took Looney out the lineup. And they look absolutely spooked by Anthony Davis. They're dribbling into the paint, getting all the way to the cup and then backing it right out because it's fear in their hearts, bro. It's funny, though. The adjustment they made going into game four was to pull AD away from the basket, get Steph on AD 28 feet out after the switch and try to attack him. And that worked pretty well. But on the other end, Darvin Ham went full Ty Lue 2016, relentlessly hunting the LeBron Steph mismatch down the stretch. And that kind of proved to be the difference, bro. He was able to get going and really have a huge impact on that game. Yeah, no doubt about it. LeBron James, we talked about him looking a bit old. Maybe Dylan Brooks was right. Nah, LeBron James back to normal. He's like, look, guys, they haven't needed me so far. Would they need me? Brush the shoulders off. You know what you can find. 27, 6, and 9, regular Brown numbers. I mean, not regular playoff numbers because we've come to see him require 40 points and 35 and 10s and 9s, but very good LeBron numbers, very good LeBron game. And I mean, we're talking about a very good game. Shouts out Steph Curry, man, with the 31.14 assist, triple, double. I mean, how much more can you ask for number 30? I mean, he gives you 30 on a nightly basis. I mean, he's even dishing a rock and you 14 assists on a night when they sorely needed it. But it looks like they needed one or two more assists to really get over that hump and even out the series. Now the Lakers are up 3-1, and it really puts the Warriors in a tough predicament. They've done this before, but different team, different circumstances. Yeah, the two home games should help, but... Man, you hit on some key stuff. Steph was out there kind of by himself. When you take Looney out the lineup, he's no longer getting Mingus. You don't trust Kuminga out there. Jordan Poole has become unplayable. Clay Thompson's not hitting shots. Draymond is not a threat on the office end. Where are these points supposed to be coming from? (laughs) We got to give some love to LeBron, man. He continues to reinvent himself. I always expected when I picture old man Bron, he was going to be the post-up point forward, the Karl Malone type that could, you know, manipulate defenses with his passing, right? That wasn't (laughs) going to go anywhere, but he was going to be doing it from the low block. What we got instead is this dynamic transition threat purple and gold magic johnson throwback type guy it's always been a strength in his game right getting out in transition but it seems like he's really keyed in on okay this is how i'm gonna get my baskets at a later age after any type of block steal live ball turnover he's running down the court like a madman that's where he's exerting his energy and it's working. The underrated part of LeBron's game is nobody talks about it since now that it's good. It was the number one thing that people brought up when it was bad. LeBron, I don't want to call him a shooter, but LeBron mm. can shoot the rock. He is a respectable threat from three, mid-range, the post. We know he can get to the cup and, you know, put his head down and just freight train. But when you don't need to exert all that energy throughout the entire game, you're getting mid-range pull-ups. You're getting threes. You're getting your layups. But you're picking and choosing your spots. 
So the fact that LeBron has incorporated the shooting in his game has opened up everything else. And you can see him actually hold it down and then turn it up a gear when he really needs to. Again, we didn't see it from him in the last couple games. He hasn't really needed to go off and score that much. But you mentioned it earlier. You alluded to it. They killed that Braun-Steph matchup. And Braun was just doing what he does, get buckets in the playoffs. I'm so glad you you touched on that conservation uh, specialist that is LeBron James. His ability to chill in the cryo <laughs> chamber through the first 15 minutes of a game and absolutely <laughs> turn it on is unbelievable, bro. And it speaks to his IQ as a basketball player, the sense for the moment, the understanding of what the team needs and when they need it. A true basketball genius, bro. He's Picasso out there. And the thing that is really keying all of it, right? Because he's been able to do this for 18, 20 years now. It's that he thinks he can really win with this Laker team. At the ripe age of 376, he's activating all that genius, saving energy and saying, all right, this is when the Warriors like to take their run. I'm going to be in the second unit. I can handle the ball more. So I'm going to do my point guard stuff and really exert myself here. He was amazing last night, bro. And you got the support that you did from Anthony Davis. The support that you're getting from Austin Reeves. I mean, another 20 ball in the playoffs. What more can you expect from this guy? I see a nickname coming in. I don't know what the nickname's gonna be, okay. but there's a nickname incoming. I, it's gonna—I mean, let's keep it a stack I thought you right had now. something in the cut for him. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's gonna have something to do with the fact that you know he's—he's uh, he's from the Caucasus Mountains. <laughs> Did you you buying the AR-15? Or are you you not rocking with that one? AR-15 tough, but that's just—it's goofy for Austin Reeves. You know what yeah, I mean? It don't fit exactly. No, nah, I mean even when it was Andre Kirilenko and AK-47. I mean, the guy is from Russia. We're talking about the—I believe it's a Russian gun. I don't want to say the name or incorrect. What does the AK and AK? AK-47 stand for Aftermat Kalashnikova. Oh, which means automatic Kalashnikov. You see, that's where I got it from. But uh, nonetheless, I'm messing with AR-15, but it seems a little gimmicky, a little goofy for him. AK-47 even worked better for Andre Kirilenko. He's from Russia. You know what I'm saying? Man's never smiled, all that. If that nickname doesn't stick, gotta be some sort of new nickname, man. Playoff Reeves instead of Playoff P. I, I don't know. That one's kind of smooth. That one's kind of smooth. What you said earlier, bro, about LeBron and AD not having to do it at all. It all goes back to Rob Palenka <laughs> redeeming the name. This Laker <laughs> team post-trade deadline just has so many guys. Every night, there's five or six high upside offensive potential candidates to be the third option after Braun and AD. One or two guys are just bound to get hot and take the ride with them. I mean, we see multiple D-Low games in the playoffs, multiple Austin Reeves games, Rui games, a Schroeder game. But game four, <laughs> that was a Lonnie Walker game. The banished Prince of San Antonio showing his worth. And the crazy part, all 15 points come in the fourth. I mean, we've seen teams win this way in the regular season, right? But the notion is always, yeah, it's nice, but you can't win with the bench in the playoffs. I think the reason LA's depth is such an advantage in these playoffs is because it's coming in the right positions. Brown and AD are in the front court. Brown playing ex almost exclusively at the four. AD playing almost exclusively at the five. All those high upside offensive guys are guards are small forwards. So their opportunities are still coming when you got to play the big stars 40 minutes tonight. I think that's a big reason we've seen Emmanuel quickly struggle so damn much this playoffs is because he's playing behind Jalen Brunson, the best guy on the team. And when Tibbs run him out there for 48 minutes, you ain't getting too much time to get in the rhythm. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like you said, it not only affects your game, but I mean, it affects your confidence and it affects your readiness. Because half the time you're telling yourself, oh, I'm not even going to go in this game. You, you're already mad. I mean, we're all competitors, especially at that level. It's like, I ain't even really going to go in this game. And coach calls your number. 
Are you not even mentally prepared to go make an impact? And this Lakers team is one of the scariest seven seeds I've ever seen. I mean, we knew they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Just like we knew the Warriors probably shouldn't have dropped to the sixth seed. However, at the same time, the Lakers team looks like they've got something. There's shades of this 2020 bubble team. We are getting an impact from everybody. They're not only, like you said, at the right positions, but they're impacting at the right time. In conjunction also with LeBron and AD not necessarily playing their best ball throughout the section of the game, you see the Demos, you see the Rui Hachimuras, you see the Lonnie Walkers stepping in and carrying that load. Austin Reeves, I was just praising him, can't forget about him. I mean, it's been a great series so far, Fact. but I, I really see the Lakers taking this one in six. I can't I can't disrespect the Warriors by saying they're going to lose in five games. They may, but... Well, we saw know. 2016 OKC, they were in the same spot, and they were able to come back in this series thanks to a Game 6 clay. Honestly, Russell Westbrook turning the ball over and KD playing outside of himself. But we've seen it before. It's not impossible. But just like the Lakers have guys taking that ride, Steph Curry needs someone to take that ride with them. Mm -hmm. I think Draymond actually, surprisingly, needs to be the guy that steps up. I'm not asking for triple threat ISOs touches on the post. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I am expecting him to not pass up open layups. Look for his shot just a little bit more to keep the defense honest. We know you're a great passer, but those passing lanes disappear if you're not a threat to actually put the ball in the basket. Yeah, man. And I think the big thing is Draymond Green. He's still giving you the rebounds. He's giving you the, the playmaking, right? I mean, shouts out Fact, to the guy. He well. is what? In those earlier series, in these championship runs, we saw his ability to extend the floor. He was able to hit threes. He was able to give Timely you... Timely ones. Exactly. You, we don't need 15-20 from you every night, but we need 15-20 from you at least two or three times a series. You know, And that's going to be the difference maker. And again, I'm willing to bet money Clay, Clay Thompson doesn't have another nine-point game in the playoffs, maybe for the rest of his career. I'm, I'm really willing to bet money on that. So he's going to come back strong. I see them taking game five. Lakers are going to maybe too, be too much for them in game six. Lakers going to follow six. Wow. Hate to wow. See okay. It, well, speaking of too much to handle, we got to talk about Heat Knicks. Oh, Knicks fans, I know y'all not doing too well, but unfortunately, this is kind of what I expected. Jimmy Butler. Oh, I was watching the game with my dad the other night. He's got my dad in a chokehold right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Look, y'all, we shouldn't have been surprised. The Knicks have been the worst offensive team still playing basketball. They're shooting 28% from three. Damn it, they might as well throw it with their eyes closed at this point. They're averaging under 100 points per game. Yet, I still, with that Nick optimism running through my veins, was like watching game four, like, yo, if they could figure this out and pull this out, it's game five and seven at home. Well, no. You lost home court advantage. You lost control of this series. And I don't care if they win in the garden for game five. This series is over. Dog, what an eight seed, man. Just running through the playoffs. It looks like we're poised for another Lakers Heat matchup in the finals. I know I'm sounding crazy here. The, the Heat still have a long path ahead of them. They would have to play the winner of this series. More than likely going to be the Sixers. So they still got to get through Joel MVP. You know, hey. uh, and the Philadelphia 76ers. So let's not get carried away. But I mean, this eighth seed has been dominant, absolutely making mincemeat of the playoffs and a mockery of the NBA. We're going to take things cool. We're going to do our thing throughout the regular season. It doesn't matter. Once playoff time comes, we've got number 23. It's Jimmy Butler, but underneath that Heat jersey, there's a Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan jersey. I mean, it's there. He's 
He's got the DNA in his blood. The Knicks haven't played horribly. I mean, how much more can you expect from Jalen Brunson? But other guys got to step it up. RJ Barrett has finally given you what you expected and what you needed from him. Julius Randle, though, taking a step down. We thought Jalen Brunson was going to come in and be the two, the Julius Randle's one-two punch. It looks the other way around. It looks like Jalen Brunson's got that dog in him. And Julius Randle, at times, is lost. He's not there on the floor. His presence isn't felt. That's hard to say about a guy who's 6'11" dominant all-star in the league the way that he is but yeah you sort of step down and the interesting thing is has it been this is julius <laughs> randall playoff julius this him can you guess what this man's field goal percentage is i don't even know if i want to take in the playoffs that. i don't even know if i want to take a guess like tell me tell yeah, me what it is. If you, it's don't, below, you don't want to go it's down there because you don't want to go down there because it's in the toilet it's 32 percent too i'll say the number out of every active <laughs> player in the nba with 200 or more field goal attempts in the postseason. Julius Randle is dead last in field goal percentage. Damn, and we're talking how about How do you everybody. win with that? How how do you win with that? And on yeah. the other hand, bro, I can't just go straight to shitting on the Knicks. <laughs> That's very easy for me to do. Yeah. I got to give the Heat some credit. I don't know how they have turned this around. Remember, they lost a play-in game. <laughs> like, they were, <laughs> like, they didn't even was start the Chicago? playoffs around. No, no, no. There no wasn't, they, they beat us in the 7-8 yeah. game. Or sorry, 8-9 Y'all would have been in the... Correct. I'm not disrespecting that guy, man. Come on, come on, come on. Let's just. Can <laughs> you continue to shit it on the Knicks? I gotta give no, flowers boy. to the Heat, bro. 116 <laughs> points per game. They didn't only have us fooled. They had their own Heat fans fooled. I mean, Kenny pointed this out. They lose Tyler Hero. They lose Victor Oladipo. Yet they're still able to trot out a bunch of guys that are offensive threats. I don't. They're deep. Everyone on there. Max Ruse is like a legitimate guy. I mean, Duncan Robinson was like a t- 10. T- 12 point per game guy he can't even snip the court most of these times now except for injuries but more than show how good the heat have been this series has showed me how pathetic the Cavs were I mean Spo has put on a master class on how to guard this next team yet JB Biggerstaff hasn't tried any of this stuff I think JB is solely responsible for overinflating our heads as Knicks fans I think he is the reason (laughs) we're in so much pain right now you make a valid argument, but I was just about to say the same thing, man. You got to shout out Spo. I mean, this is a two-headed monster on this team. It's a coach and it's a player. Between what Jimmy, dude. I mean, again, we don't want to discredit. It's so rare for it to feel that way, but I agree with you 100. You know what I mean? I, you feel it with the likes of Jordan, Phil, Kobe, Phil, Chat. I mean, there's a lot of Phil Jackson. This is Jimmy and Spo, right? Between Jimmy's performance on the court, Spo's adjustments on the court, the Heat are really looking like a dominant team. You're getting double-digit scoring from Caleb Martin. Max Struess has basically been averaging 14 to 16 points a game. I don't understand how they keep doing it. Their main anchors, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, is he's alive. You know what I'm saying? 15, 4, and 5 off the bench. He's, he's doing performed. all of his foul baiting crap that just pisses me off. Looks like Trey Young from 2020. It's not fun. Just, just way fatter. Um, <laughs> but we ain't got to get into all of that. Kyle Lowry's a crook, okay? And it's hard to give him his flowers. I mean, he won a chip and then just turned into the Pillsbury Doughboy. So nonetheless, shout out to the Heat. I mean, I don't want to say no shout out to the Knicks because, again, the Knicks didn't necessarily lose this game. Julius Randle started to give it away and then the Heat took it, you know? I mean, well, yeah, you just look at this series in a vacuum and you're like, damn, like, 
The one game that they won, Jimmy Butler wasn't even out there. And the other games, they've got dusted off the floor. You know, <laughs> like the Knicks showed fight in game four, but they were out coached. They were out willed. I'm afraid by the time this pod airs, this series is going to be over. <laughs> and there's serious <laughs> questions about Julius going into this offseason. Because as good as he is some nights, I don't think there's anyone that could watch him play and say he feels like a winning player. We've talked about it. We don't. We didn't need this playoff series as proof. Julius Randle at best is a second star. We thought it was going to be, again, you know, Jalen Brunson's I'm not sure because the attitude, the the lack of effort, if the ball isn't in his hands, he doesn't care about the basketball game going on. There are so many possessions where he's just like walking. He's closing out flat footed, getting blown by. His head is just so sensitive. If it's not going right, he is gone. He's out there on the court, but mentally he's not. And this is playoff basketball. I mean, people die to be on that court. There are players who've played 10, 15-year careers and have never even smelled the playoffs. It happens. And the fact that Julius Randle isn't putting his all on the floor is very noticeable for not only the fans, us sitting at home, but his teammates, his coach, right? But the coach ain't got no choice but to play him, paying him so much money. No one expected Jalen Brunson to do what he's been doing. I mean, 32 and 11, what more can you ask from the guy? But this is what he was doing alongside Luka. I mean, Jalen Brunson showing us he has that extra gear in the playoffs as well but nonetheless like you said it he just came out they were dominant they they took care of the game from beginning to end and i don't see the knicks taking this series too much further yeah yeah i'm right there with you philly about to be back in the finals sorry man all right (laughs) with that being said talking about philly philadelphia sixers and the boston celtics i mean this game was just another one off the calendar for joel Embiid. p yeah that's right coin the term guys i'm the one coming up with that the mbdp i had another 30 point performance and a dominant win in the playoffs this is a celtics team that just made it to the finals this is a celtics team that was supposed to take a step up this is a celtics team that is completely the same all their same pieces everybody got better yet the philadelphia 76ers joel Embiid, james harden especially tyrese maxi are just beating the brakes off this celtics team and although it wasn't his turn last night james harden has been the best player on the court two times and the 76ers have won both of those games chuck mentioned it at halftime harden's done his part he got hit them two games mvp it's your turn he delivered right. tonight bro and again, the reason why I mentioned Tyrese Maxey in that conversation is just because of what he's been able to do night in and night out. I mean, obviously, Joel Embiid is their best scorer. James Harden is one of their best players. Tyrese Maxey, to me, has been their most consistent guy. You need a bucket center to Tyrese. The way he takes the pressure off the team with his timely buckets. And again, you think he's the MVP with the way I'm describing him. Obviously, Joel Embiid is at a higher level. But big shouts out Tyrese Maxey and only in his third or fourth year. And he's doing what he's able to do. Oh, he really deserves it, bro. He's been an engine. He's really the only reason this... This team isn't last in pace because James likes to walk it up the court. And if Joel <laughs> plays defense on the possession, you know he ain't running until he gets past half. So this is a snail's pace of an offense. That's a big reason why Boston has struggled, in my opinion. They're not taking advantage of their youth and athleticism. But I look at James Harden, right? There's a lot on his plate because Embiid, yeah, he's the MVP. But Al Horford's playing him as good as anyone has ever played him. And he's always tired because he's a seven foot plus 290 guy out there in the NBA in an up and down playoff atmosphere. Tobias and Maxi, they come and go. But that was not the case. Again, I, I like the groove they're hitting right now. You start to dream if you're a Philly fan and you're letting yourself get pretty deep into the conference finals, NBA finals, because this team's looking good. This is the happiest we've probably seen James Harden in his whole career. He's not lighting up the basket, scoring 36 points per game, but 
I feel like although James Harden liked doing that, I think he checked that one off the bucket list. And he's like, guys, I want you to know I could do it all. You know, I could score when I need to. Yeah, I could do the tween, 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 step back, get to the cup, whatever I need to do. But I can also run an offense. I can be the point guard. And this is the first time that I think we've really seen James Harden with the opportunity to fully facilitate an offense. Not be the scorer, not be the receiver of that offense, but to actually be the facilitator. It's a beautiful thing. It's shown in the Sixers' performances. It's done wonders for guys. Guys like Embiid, it's done wonders for guys like Maxi. I mean, we knew Joel Embiid was in that conversation before for MVP. The fact James Harden shows up and he's in that conversation back-to-back years, I don't think it's a coincidence. Big shouts out James Harden. And I mean, dude, if you look at the box score, what more could you want? You're getting 33 from Embiid. 30 from Maxi, 17 and 10 from James Harden. Tobias Harris is giving you 16 and 11. You're getting 10 off the bench from Daniel House. Even though you're not getting that every game, what more can you want? Man, game five was a good one, right? There's a 3-2 lead. But James has been in this situation before and not performed. It was right. never getting the guys there. It was never getting his team even into the lead, even in as far as into the conference finals. But once they got to that point, that's when the struggles have came historically for James. So let's see if he can get over that hump. I do see what you were saying with that playmaking thing. He had that opportunity in Brooklyn, but that didn't last very long. <laughs> that's why I didn't say that because what they had three games together. No, I'm exaggerating, but it was less than 20 games that they had together. And half the time when he was doing that, I mean, I, I don't know. My point is, is like, yeah, it's maybe not the first time, but the first time that they've done it consistently and been able to gel and see what he can do with all of their weapons, you know? But fair point, fair point. Again, let's not forget the Celtics have won two games already. You know, they are a good team. Jason Tatum was in that MVP conversation. He gave you 36 and 10. So it's not over till it's over. But, you know, Sixers are looking pretty dominant. All right, y'all, let's get into it. Last series, we have to talk about Denver Phoenix. And we're recording as game five is underway. So I'm not going to be able to touch on that. But what we will say is what happened in Game 4, bro. A game where Durant and Booker combined for 84 points. I mean, there's only a handful of teammates that have even went for 85. It's a short list. A game Denver had no business being in. The Suns were never able to pull away, and it's all because Jokic on the other side was matching them boys all by himself. (laughs) 53 and 11, a monster performance. And it's time to give some more flowers out to the big man, the Serbian, the almost back-to-back-to-back MVP. Because when we think and when we say the term bad shot maker, think of guys like in shots like Kobe's fadeaway and irrational confidence, J.R. Smith jumper. Rarely do we mention, though, guys in the post. And that's exactly what Nikola is. KD said it best, man. He said this, I hate when he makes shots because he's so unorthodox and it's like, oh, yeah, that's a miss. And then it goes straight in. KD's right, bro. It's unorthodox. It's old school. It's definitely different from any other scorer in the league today. And it's most importantly effective, bro. It's a completely different play style. He's getting it how he's living, though. (laughs) I mean, this man is... After those first two games, I was ready to call him the best player in the league. I think I still might be right there. Yeah, I mean, you see uh, Jokic times of the offensive end channeling his inner Lakers Lance Stevenson you know what I mean with me talking about unorthodox shot makers that era was a little bit crazy for Lance but dude you said it Jokic looking like he deserved the MVP looking like he felt slighted by that one I mean 53 and 11 he said forget about the rebounds he said we're strictly offense we are dishing the rock and we are scoring the rock. I mean, what more can you ask for him? It's tough that they lose in that game. But like you said, shows how dominant Kevin Durant and Devin Booker were. To beat a force like Jokic, unfortunately, this is what it might take every night. 
And if they can do this, I don't think the Suns are going to have a tougher challenge than they faced in the Nuggets so far in this series. Series is tied. It's anybody's ball game. You got two of the best players in the league on one side and arguably the best player in the league. Some are already willing to say that. My boy Ty, Jokic, dude, the, the Nuggets look good. The Suns look good. Who do you got for the rest of this season? How do you think it's going to go down? It's a heavyweight matchup, bro. It's, it's interesting because every game that goes on, KD looks less like a hired mercenary. Like he looks more like he's part of this team. They know how to get him going. They got the Devin Booker KD pick and rolls that they're running. There's all types of action that they're instituting. And literally every game they look better. And I I know part of that has to do with Suns playing in Phoenix, but still the crazy part of it is KD's been good, but he hasn't even been close to being the best player on his team. And that's because of Devin Booker. This man's been absolutely amazing this series. Who'd have thought? on a team with Katie book would be the driving force, the clear undisputed alpha dog. I mean, one of the most consistent stars in the NBA for sure. In this year's playoffs above Harden, above LeBron, above AD, above the MVP, Joel, it's been Devin Booker. He's shooting an insane 64% from the field. Now on Devin Booker's shot diet, taking Kobe fadeaways and contested step backs. That's past insane to be shooting 64%. We're talking about game four, right? We didn't even talk. I mean, we talked about game three, but dude, he follows up a 47-point performance, 20 and 25 on the night, five for eight from three, with 36 points, 14 for 18, three and four from three. He's even shooting better. And he helps out with six rebounds and 12 assists. I mean, dude, talk about channeling his inner Kobe. This dude is channeling his inner MJ dog. It's crazy, bro. He doesn't have to keep up this crazy efficiency because I don't even think it's possible. But if he ends this series like he started it through four games, averaging 37 freaking points, we got to have some conversations, man. There's some furniture moving in that top five in the NBA, bro. Top three in the NBA. (laughs) You said it. I mean, this is the thing. Guys get older. Young guys step up their game. They're hitting their primes. This is just the natural transition. You know, I just hope the rest of the people my age don't turn into those bitter old heads when all our guys transition out of the league it's happening and get ready for it. i mean soon there's not gonna be steph curry and Giannis. you know what i'm saying it's gonna be devin booker and jason tatum and, and john moran and Lamelo ball and jalen green right all of these young guys are gonna be coming out to be the top guys in the next five to ten years so and that's how we know the league is in good hands man look at no offense, the Bulls roster, they weren't a playoff team this year. Look how much talent is up and down that roster. That's insane. Fast. Zach Levine, Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan playing great basketball. It's crazy. This league is in good hands, man. For sure, for sure. And I don't think I, we've seen as deep of a league in a long time as we have this year. Not uh, ever. Shouts out to the playing game. Shouts out to late season runs by teams like the Lakers. It's been a great NBA season. I'm glad we've been here along for the ride. All right, yeah, you've probably heard about it a lot, but we got to touch on it. The Matt Ishbia incident, new owner in town. I don't know if it's the new owner syndrome. You know, he's got some hoop roots, played at Michigan State. Me and Faraz did a video about this a couple months ago once the signing or once the purchase was being rumored to get through. Uh, Was Joe Gitch in the wrong? Was Matt in the wrong? Y'all know by now, Matt, loose ball. He's sitting front row, courtside, grabs the ball. He's trying to help his mans up, Josh Okogie. Joe comes over trying to get the ball. Trying to rip it out of his hands. Matt Ishbia stands up out his seat, gives a little tug on the ball, and then stares up at the mountaintops and look Jokic in his eyes like, nah, I'm better not today. <laughs> and then Jokic gives him with the Serbian forearm shiver, a big flop. He's been watching his band, Chris Paul. What'd you Dog. make of the situation, bro? 
I don't know if it was a flop. Jokic is a big guy. That is a <laughs> big guy. He is solid, too. He's not Nick Claxton. You know what I'm saying? That is That's a nice. big guy. So he sent him flying. The only reason why Matt Ishbia wasn't kicked out of the stadium is because he owns the damn place. I mean, if he was anybody else, a fan, someone who even worked at the arena, you don't get involved with the basketball game. You don't grab the ball. And obviously, he wouldn't be in that circumstance if he wasn't the owner. But... How can you fault Jokic? This is an intense game. It's playoffs. You're slowing things down. Guys are in rhythm. You know, tensions are high. Matt Ishbia, I understand you got the almighty dollar, but on the basketball floor, all that matters is 6'11", 7 foot, 300 pounds. <laughs> to be quite frank, you step in the way of that, you, you deserve to get something. But unfortunately, we didn't see that. Jokic, fine. Uh, not suspended, which is good, but... Yeah, they better not have suspended him. That would have been some... Yeah. They do some Charmin Ultra stuff, but I think they acknowledge this was a little uh, this is a little gray area, right? There's no rule yeah. book for for owners getting chippy with the <laughs> with the opposing <laughs> star. The funny thing though, and I don't know how that's not getting talked about, sitting to Matt's right was Isaiah Thomas, notorious bad boy Detroit Piston. I think as soon as we that shiver came back. Isaiah Thomas pops up out his chair, tiny Isaiah, the guy that was getting in fights with centers at six foot nothing, and he starts pulling on Jokic's jersey. I think he has some flashbacks. To the- <laughs> He's about to get it on and popping. He's like, where's Robin? Let's get it. He said, I miss this. Nah, but I'll tell you what. Isaiah looked like he was trying to calm the situation down. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if, what the coincidence is. All signs pointing to Detroit, Isaiah Thomas there. Detroit involved with the last situation we have with fans in the stands and the mm. brawl. But yeah, incident was interesting. Did you hear what they did to Matt Ishbia? What was the result of that? Nothing? I think it's reported. It hasn't really been officially stated. He, he can't sit courtside the next team. The next oh, time okay. okay. He's got to be up in the box. That's the, I think that's the rule. Because it's even if it was a normal guy, it's still a really gray area, right? Like the ball bounces into your lap yeah you're supposed to give it back but i don't know it was that patrick beverly i'm coming to snatch the ball out of your back like you know like when they get a catch a foul and the guy it's not to keep the play movement right like there's guys in the crowd they're not going to be able to just let you inbound that ball but that's why i say it's gray area because it's not exactly a live ball thing the ball did fall to you what's the timely manner to get it back i don't know i feel like he wouldn't have tried to like snatch it if it wasn't like a yeah, I'm going to hold the rock, get Josh Okogie up. But you said the point. You made the good point because the the play wasn't starting until Okogie was up and on the floor, you know? so Yeah, he's still in the stands trying to get his bearings at that point. So do we fault Jokic a little bit? Probably. We'd probably be like, all right, you're a competitive drive. You're like, and I've seen this guy in the front row all the time. You know, we about to beat him at home. I'm dropping a 50 ball. Give me this rock, little man. I don't care how many billions you got. It could have been some of that. Who knows? Yeah, and certain, uh, bro... Jokic don't play. You know nah. what I'm saying? We saw what he did. He, he sent one of the Marcus bros home for six months. <laughs> Dog, all I know is if we see Jokic's brothers at the next game anywhere Fair. near Matt Ishbia, it's over. It's over. <laughs> They're calling the mob in. You know how they get down. <laughs> all right, y'all. We're going to wrap it up here. Bronny, James, headed to USC. Ten minutes down from the Staples. My man said, I'm staying close to home. Any initial thoughts from you, bro, on the signing? Yeah, no reason for the I'm coming home song because he's already here. Big <laughs> shouts out to Bronny, man. I can't believe it. I remember a little less than a year ago, a year ago, man, we were pooping on Bron. We're saying, you know, he's never going to be like Pops, you know, and not saying he looks like Pops right now. 
But damn it, he looks a lot closer to it. Bronny, man, the way he's been able to use his senior year to propel himself to the top of the senior class rankings. I mean, it's just been a beautiful sight to watch. LeBron James Jr. finally living up to the name. Letting them know. There's a little hoop skills here. Bryce didn't get all of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bronny got a little bit of hoop skills too. It really started with that game against Isaiah Collier. I think we saw him really step up. We saw his confidence build. And ever since then, dude's been on a tear. Straight up. And now they're going to be teammates because the number one recruit signed to USC as well, man. Thank you for bringing up that point about Isaiah Collier. It looks like Isaiah Collier is not only going to get the best out of Bronny as enemies on the court or opposing players, but he's also going to get the best out of Bronny as a teammate. Yeah, no, I love it. USC's got a star-studded class. I mean, those two guys alone is enough for your recruiting class to carry all to NCAA tournament for sure. I like it. This is really good for Bronny, really yeah. good for the school. That's the number one guard in Collier, a top five point guard in Bronny. They're returning their team leading scorer, Boogie Ellis. He can get hot. He, he's, he's one of those microwave type guys. They're returning their top rebounder. They just got from Wheeler where Collier went in Marietta, Georgia. They got a power forward that's top five in the class as well. That's supposed to be 6'10" physical specimen they're pulling something together over there bro they got a roster just to touch on Bronny, i know there's a lot of haters out there there's a propensity to believe that this young man's success is all because of the senior and while having the genetics and the resources of a billionaire dad some call the greatest to ever live does give you an advantage Bronny is a bona fide prospect y'all based on what he's done on the court he's widely considered one of the five best point guard prospects in high school with a jumper that's nba ready and was that seven eight nine months ago here's why i think a lot of y'all get tripped up when you're evaluating him the two strongest parts of his game they don't show on highlights and that's defense this guy's already getting comps to drew holiday don't take that lightly there's an espn scout that called him arguably the best perimeter defender in the class and his ability to impact the game without scoring without the ball in his hands part of that is the defense a lot of it's the playmaking a lot of it's just the know-how, the the IQ, the IQ stuff yeah. that that was get, get, that was given to him through osmosis of his pipes. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> like what you did there, man. Bronny James really has stepped his game up, man, and it really feels like yesterday. And when he got elected into the McDonald's All-American game, at the time he he hadn't broken the top. 10, he barely broke in the top 30, right? There were complaints, people saying he didn't deserve it, that his last name and his first name, right, got him there. But like you said, Bronny's play on the court has really shown that he deserves to be here. I can't get over the fact of how quick he's grown. I mean, we've seen him since sixth, seventh grade. But like, he's good. He's not that good. In the matter of three, four months, just one varsity season, Bronny has stepped his game up. You can't keep putting me in that group, bro. I, I, I was already, I was on the bandwagon early, bro. I was always a believer in Bronny. Bro, I, re I remember you saying in a video, he's never going to be Bron. We could we could count that out seven, six, seven years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean I don't believe in the kid. LeBron is facts, number facts. two all time. There's all no right, chance. I'm no one's going to be Bron. I'm not saying he was never going to be good. I, okay. I, I I was like, I don't think he's ever going to be anywhere close to LeBron. He's going to be closer to LeBron than we all thought, is my point. I hear you, though, so it's not fair to throw you in that. I don't know if I'm necessarily in that because, okay, you okay. know. I just wanted to clarify, make sure we're on the same page. I got another yeah. take, though, because there was the Bryce is going to be better than him, and that was just based off height. Like, 6'7", yeah, I got it, but 
I, I I've still never think. seen it translate. What's up? What you got? I on this might one? still think Bryce is better than. Do you think so? <laughs> Obviously, you can't judge somebody's game from highlights or clips, right? Unless you sit there and you watch multiple games. You know what I mean? You see how they play and how they affect uh, the I full mean, game. That's what we do. We ain't flying out to California. <laughs> Bryce, dog. Bryce has shown, like, I think. Out of the two, I mean, again, it's the size, right? That's probably the big difference yeah. maker. But he's shown the the shades, dog, of really being like Braun, being a dog, even though he's younger. I'm just like, damn, this, this kid could hoop. He could get to the cup like Pops, at least at this age level, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's probably the biggest weakness in Brownie's game is the finishing around the basket. That's still that's still not where I think it quite needs to be. But More than makes up LeBron for the LeBron said something that, that caught my eye. It was real, some real fatherly. You know, uh, they're asking him about both sons, right? He was given a, a diagnosis and he kind of hinted, right? In like a fatherly, I still love you. I ain't going to throw you under the bus way that Bryce needs to work a little harder. And, and I feel like, you know, he's probably thinking, all right, I'm six, seven. I'm going to definitely be older than, better than Bronny. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. He's thinking what y'all thinking. Fine. And I know it just doesn't work like that. So I, I don't know. There's still time. He's still young, Fine. right? He can get in the gym and make himself one of the top prospects just the way his older brother did but yeah you know it's not gonna just come right now he's not there right now he's not but i mean bryce bryce shows shades of it i think it's more of the athleticism but again and that's that's what bron i'm sure wishes he had Bronny is an elite prospect his jumper is nba ready like you said his ability to impact the floor on both ends is next level already got the iq of second greatest player of all time Bronny has really stepped his game up look for him to improve now, you mentioned all the other guys in the class, Isaiah Collier, best guard, another top five forward from the class, return and score. This USC team is going to be one for the history books. And with a big name like LeBron James Jr. attached to it, hey, sky's the limit. Yeah, and the best part, now we get to see the real comp versus Bronny. How does he handle it? How does he evolve? That backcourt, like we just talked about, it's not going to a straight path for him to play, especially not to start. It's going to be a test, but a test he needs to pass if, if he's really trying to make it to the next level. All right, y'all, that's going to do it. Another episode of the Who Plug in the Books. For us, before we get out of here, why don't you tell the good people about our guys over at Evan Alexander Group. The best place to get your hair care, scare care, beard care needs. They got everything you need in one place. Todd, let them know what they do when they're getting ready to check out. Once you got your cart ready, you getting ready to change your life, change your beard game, change your hair. Bring that hairline back to earth. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Touch off. <laughs> plug in that promo code hoop underscore plug underscore for 15% off at checkout. Yes, Thank you. Supporting them is supporting us. Now, Got for it. us, let them know where we put that flavor. As always, guys, put some flavor in here. Peace. Peace.